This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Man, I have so many questions today. So many questions we have to uh, look for answers to. Where do we begin? Tucker Carlson is uh, on fire these days, but somebody got to him. Somebody got to him. We're not seeing any new footage. We saw it on Monday, and then it ended when all the powers that be came after him and uh, came after his bosses and his bosses' bosses. And uh, sadly, I think they've succeeded. We're not seeing uh, any new footage from January 6th, and the other people on Fox News are not even mentioning it for the most part. They're not talking about it. Biggest story of the week, biggest story of the year so far. And Tucker's just a man on his own out there spitting fire. He's doing his best, but clearly someone got to uh, to him or to his show. It's too bad. Uh, but maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't exactly what went down. We'll see. We got uh, uh, some unbelievable testimony before a House committee on uh, the withdrawal, the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. Uh, we'll get to that. We got uh, the uh, Women of the Year international on International Women's Day. Jill Biden, Dr. Jill, and Anthony Blinken honored uh, some women and a man. It's always nice to honor a man because I guess they couldn't find enough women uh, to honor. There's only you know, four billion women or girls in this in this world, so they had to. Uh, they ran out of women, so they had to honor a man. Well, we'll talk about that ridiculous spectacle. Tiger, Tiger's back to his old tricks. He's got some. Uh, <laughs> Trouble in paradise. Tiger's got some problems with his latest girlfriend. You know that little, that little kind of plain Jane who he's been with for a few years. We'll, we'll talk about their uh, the end to that relationship. It's just classic Tiger. It really is. Um, and uh, Kendrick Perkins, he's in trouble. KP is in trouble. They're actually issuing an apology. Will. Uh, ESPN is. Will Kendrick Perkins survive? That is a good question. Massachusetts now has a climate czar. A friend of Maura Healy is now on the payroll, probably making, I don't know, 150, 175, 200 grand to change the temperature of the planet. And I, for one, think that's a great idea. I think we in Massachusetts, because, you know, we got 6 million people, we got a little dot on the map. We're going to change. China's got no interest in this nonsense, but uh, here in Massachusetts, we are going to change the weather. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, it's just not cold enough. We need someone to change the temperature. Jim Jordan and the other members of the House GOP members destroyed everything you thought about Tony Fauci two years ago, three years ago. It's over. It ended yesterday. Tony Fauci is a dead man, a dead elf walking. He was born on, uh, let's see, when was Fauci born? December 28th, he's, he's like a million years old, December tw- uh, 24th, 1940. Uh, that's when Fauci was born, and the man has been grifting and stealing and lying for the last 82 years. March 8th, 2023, it's over for Fauci. I'm going to begin with that, because it was an amazing day. This is one of those days where uh, you just can't, you can't take your eye. You can't take your eyes off it. The the spectacle on Capitol Hill. I I look back three years, and I'm guilty as anyone. When when Fauci was first introduced to the public, at least uh, on you know on COVID, 
he and uh, Andrew Cuomo were the big stars. They did press conferences every day. They handled the media well. They sounded, they sounded sincere. Um, both men have fallen from grace. Obviously, Cuomo was booted out of office. He's a scumbag who, who uh, sent uh, COVID-positive patients into nursing homes, killing more than 15,000 seniors in New York. He, he paid a price, lost his job. Uh, he's, he's, he'll probably be back someday as a Democrat, and you're never quite done when you're a Democrat. But Fauci was even more of an icon. He was just this trusted, grandfatherly guy that people believed it, it's taken a while. It really has. I mean, we knew the truth about Fauci, what, two years ago, we knew he was lying. Uh, we knew he paid for the, uh, we paid for the uh, research, the gain of function research in the Wuhan lab, which led to the pandemic and the death of almost 7 million people around the world, almost more than 1 million Americans. Well, if you weren't paying attention yesterday, it all ended. It went up in flames for the evil elf. Uh, I know some people, hell, people I know, friends, still think he's credible, still think he's a, is a, uh, an authority on, on COVID. I'm sorry, it's over, it ended, you, you give it up. And uh, maybe you wanna put your, you know, close your ears, close your eyes, do the monkey thing, the see no, sorry, <laughs> his whole, scheme his whole scam was exposed for the public to see yesterday and it was glorious if you have a, a sign in your yard in fauci we trust if you said you told your friends oh he you know he makes me feel better when i listen to him um you're a fool you're a sucker you've been duped he's a liar he's a fraud he's a criminal he belongs he's 82 years old at some point he belongs in prison. He should die in prison. And that's no exaggeration when you think about the damage this man has done. No bureaucrat, no public official has ever done more damage to this country, to any country, uh, all while making more money than any public official, than any bureaucrat has ever made. He is just starting to earn, by the way. We're going to find out he's worth tens of millions of dollars when all is said and done because he is motivated by money. He was selling the vaccine. That was uh, his number one goal. He, as we've mentioned many times, he didn't mention, didn't talk about natural immunity, didn't talk about uh, obesity and losing weight. He didn't care. His goal was to sell the vaccine for Moderna and Pfizer, and he got kickbacks. But that's only part of the, the, the scam. It's only part of the scheme. He's still, he was on CNN yesterday saying, we may never know where this virus came from. We may never know whether it was a lab or, a, or natural origin. We know. We know and we've known for a while. And he has done nothing but lie and cover it up. And uh, the people who went before Congress yesterday pretty much ended it all for Fauci. I'm, I'll be curious. This was this, this was this week, I believe, earlier this week that Corinne Jean-Pierre, or maybe last week, went before the media and said the attacks on Fauci are disgusting. He's a great public servant. He's spent his whole life trying to help people and save lives. The, the how that, that's the, that's the president. His spokesman said Fauci is still a hero, still a selfless public servant. I guess we're going to continue to gaslight. I guess some people, the media still loves him. He'll still appear on CNN. He'll still 
uh, the, 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 the president and his spokespeople will still continue to lie about him, but it's over. I'm sorry. <laughs> Robert Redfield was the head of the CDC was working with him. He's the guy with the little, with the gray goatee who you saw up on stage with him a number of times before the media. I would say the, the cause of death for Fauci was, uh, was, I was going to say a bullet in the back of the head, but it was in the front of the head. Redfield went before the cameras and told the truth. It was a riveting testimony and revealing. And you cannot, you, you cannot tell, nobody can tell us that, that this guy is on the level anymore. If you missed it, they proved without a doubt that it came from a lab. They proved without a doubt that it was gain-of-function research, and without a doubt, that the American taxpayers paid for it. Fauci paid, sent the money to Wuhan. They did the research. It, it they, they, they screwed up. The virus uh, escaped from the lab in Wuhan, eventually made its way around the world, killing almost 7 million people, destroying economies, destroying this country for, a three, for, for more than three years now. And he just keep just kept lying about it to save his own ass because he knew we would eventually find out. He lied at the beginning, talking about it, jumping from an animal to a human. That was a lie. And he knew it. He's been lying about the origin for three years over and over and over again with the help of the media, with the help of the Biden administration. They don't care because he did one thing that is more important than anything else. He helped defeat Trump. He helped unseat, oust Trump for that it, that covers for all his sins, for all his crimes, I guess. But they can't keep a lid on this any longer. I want to play Jim Jordan, who's one of the best at this. He's like cruise level when it comes to grilling, uh, interrogating uh, witnesses. I mean, this is not a hostile witness. Redfield is there to tell the truth. Redfield is under oath, and he gives it up completely. They all knew. He knew. And I think this is the, the criminal part. Obviously, he's covering his ass because he didn't want us to find out that he funded the research. But the testimony about the two doctors, we talked about this the other day, the two experts, epidemiologists, who initially said that it was uh, a lab leak. And then they got a call from Fauci and Redfield was kept out of the loop. And they changed their tune a couple of days later and said, it's it's probably from a, a bat. It's probably a natural origin. And then they got $9 million in grants from Fauci. I don't know. That sounds like criminal activity to me. That sounds like a bribe to me. You paid these guys to change their story. That's a fact. I'm sorry if you still think Fauci is on the up and up. He's not. He's a scumbag. He's a scoundrel. He's a liar. He's been lying to us for three years. And he... He was exposed like, and I, I was hoping we'd get to this day before the, the little elf croaked, but uh, I, I was uh, I was pretty happy to see these people. It's a whole panel of doctors, experts, including the head of the CDC, and they didn't hold back. They didn't cover They didn't hedge. They flat out said, Fauci lied to you, lied to us, lied to everybody. It was glorious. I enjoyed it, but... Uh, Let's play some of it. Let's get to uh, Jim Jordan. I know this will probably be a little long, but it's good. It's so good. He's he's a great um, um, uh, interrogator. He's just a good litigator. 
And uh, he leaves no doubt. I mean, there's no, when you're done with this, there's no doubt Fauci paid for the research. He knew it came from a lab. He lied for three years to cover his own ass. And he used public money, not only to fund the research, to fund the lab, but to pay off doctors, experts who disagreed with him. He paid them to change their story to cover for his, uh, his actions. There's, there's no debating it anymore. It's over for the evil elf. Let's uh, watch a little of it. Go ahead. Dr. Reptile, you, were, you, were, uh, you, you ran the CDC and you were on the coronavirus task force. Is that right? Correct. That was formed on January 29th, 2020. Is that right? Correct. Two days later, Dr. Fauci gets an email from Dr. Anderson, which says what? Virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Is that accurate? That's my understanding. Next day, I know. Did he share that email with you, by the way, Dr. Redfield? No. As a member of the task force, as a head of CDC, did he share that email with you? No. Okay. Next day, February 1st, Dr. Gary sends Dr. Fauci another email. That email says, I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. Did he share that email with you, Dr. Redfield? You didn't see either one of those emails, even though you're head of CDC, even though you're on the coronavirus task force that had been formed just two days, three days earlier. No. Three days later, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, who told us it came from a lab and emails to Dr. Fauci that Dr. Fauci wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see. Three days later, they changed their position 180 degrees. The question is why? Mr. Wade, why would they change their position that fast when the only intervening event is a conference call with Dr. Fauci, the guy who wouldn't let Dr. Redfield see the very emails that they had sent him, Dr. Redfield, head of CDC on the coronavirus task force. Why would they change their position, Dr. Wade, or Mr. Wade? Uh, well, this question does lie at the heart of the um, issue. Uh, what is pertinent, it seems to me, is there's, there's no new scientific evidence that we can see that came uh, available between these dates, the January 31st and Feb 4. Right, there's no new, I think you're, go ahead. So you have to ask if there were other uh, other kinds of influence uh, available. <clears throat> now, it is true that, that um, Dr. Fauci and Dr. Farrer in London were very powerful research officials, and between them, they controlled... I read, I read your testimony. I saw okay. that. Yeah. So... Why don't you uh, cut to the chase and tell them what, what you really think was the reason? <laughs> I don't know what, what the reason was. I, I know what it was. Uh, I... Go well, ahead. no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you say it because I read your testimony. I think you, you said it in your testimony, too. Maybe you were reluctant <clears> to say it here, but go ahead. Well, if you're looking at the timeline on um, May 21st, um, just uh, a few weeks after the Nature, Med- uh, the, the Nature Medicine article had come out, uh, two of the signatures of the original email to uh, Dr. Fauci, that, that's Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, were awarded a $9 million grant for the So there's $9 million reasons why they changed their mind. I knew you'd get to it. I read that last night. Three months after, so three days after they say it came from a lab, they changed their position and the only intervening events, a conference call with Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins, again, a call that Mr. Redfield was not allowed to be on the head of CDC and on the coronavirus task force. And then three months later, Shazam, they get nine million bucks from Dr. Fauci. Well, isn't that something? Isn't that something? This is the this is our you know the face of the pandemic who was up there every day to you know reassure people tell them you know as long as you get vaccinated wear a mask stay home wash your hands keep your distance all while scheming behind the scenes to deflect blame from him 
to keep the public, the American public, from finding out the truth. This same weasel went on CNN yesterday and said, oh, we'll never know. We may never know. He knew. He knew the whole time. He knew it didn't come from a bat or a wet market or a pangolin. He lied over and over again. This could be the most duplicitous, despicable public servant, and, and I include, you know, presidents and, and attorney generals, uh, when you think about the, the, the prolific nature of his gaslighting, his lying, his, his deflecting, I don't think anybody's in this guy's league. And uh, he's before, before he's done, we're all going to agree, even if you're one of these fools that had a sign in your yard that said, in Fauci we trust, you're going you're gonna to realize what he was up to. You're going to realize that people died because of this guy, people died. He paid for the research. We paid for it. And you know why we did it? Because it's not, you're not allowed to do it in this country. You had to uh, outsource it. And he did to the, to the Chinese communist party. And by the way, that lab was controlled by the military. They're doing, they're, they're doing bio research for a bioweapon in that lab. Did they release it on purpose? I don't know. That's the next question. We have to answer. All I know is that we're not going to get an honest answer from this lying sleazebag. That's never going to happen. He's busy out there doing $100,000 speeches and uh, hanging out with uh, Jake Tapper and Jim Acosta and continuing to lie. But it was devastating. That was only, that was three minutes of this thing that went on for hours. And every moment, every line of questioning was uh, devastating to the Fauci myth. Uh, I know we got... Lots of stuff here, Ironhead. But do we have, uh, I think we have Malatokas, uh, Malatokas, the congresswoman from New York, who uh, pretty much nails it with Redfield, proves that it was indeed gain of function, which we were paying for, dangerous gain of function in a lab that had been, uh, had questionable uh, safety protocols, had had accidents in the past. In that lab, we were paying for them to make the virus more powerful, more deadly. And what do you know? It escaped from the lab and, and uh, will never recover you know, the damage it's done, the lives lost, the people. I mean, think, you think of what we went through. It's just mind-boggling. I know people don't want to look back. Think of what we went through, the insanity of destroying businesses, bankrupting small businesses, and, and shutting down schools, hurting kids, people dying alone in nursing homes, funerals and wakes, but nobody was allowed to attend. You weren't allowed to hold the hand of your mother or grandmother as she passed away because of what this little monster did. It's mind-boggling, and he was, and he's winning awards and speaking at graduations and getting honored at, you know, the Kennedy Center. He, he's a criminal. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, it hurts. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you, you know, it's, it's not real. He's not. It's this. It was a myth. The whole thing. It was a myth created by Fauci, created by the media, the president, the last president. God, is Trump going to have trouble with that one on the campaign trail? He foisted this little monster on the country. He didn't fire him. He empowered him. Uh, and I'm not sure his defense, what it's going to be in a debate. Hopefully somebody, DeSantis, you know, Vivek Ramaswamy, hopefully they all attack Trump. I'd love to hear his excuse for handing the keys to the country over to this guy. But uh, this is uh, Melly, Melly, uh, 
Meliotok, Meliotakis, the congresswoman from New York, with Redfield pretty much nailing, it's not a long cut, but just, you know, it, it pretty much um, uh, reveals, proves that it was gain of function and Fauci knew it. Go ahead, play it. Dr. Fauci was affirmatively told in, told in an email that uh, NIAID had a monetary relationship with the Wuhan uh, Institute through uh, EcoHealth Alliance. He, he was told this in January 27th of 2020. Do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of gain-of-function research? I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. I'm out of time. Thank you very much. <laughs> DOD, the Department of Defense, funding research in a lab in China, which could have been a research for a bioweapon. Our Department of Defense, our tax money. Hell, compared to this, paying for a climate czar in the state of Massachusetts is a bargain. We sent millions. This is the biggest scandal in, in human history. And again, it's partisan. The Democrats still love Fauci. Uh, Biden still loves Fauci because he did him a great, great service. Got him elected. You know, the media still loves him because, he, again, he helped defeat Trump. So they still love him. Are they just going to ignore what we learned yesterday? What, what was confirmed yesterday? Good luck with that. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you sit there and still put them on TV and say, gee, Dr. Fauci, we'll never know. Will we? What we'll never know. And he flat out lied under oath. She's so right. Redfield is so right. He lied under oath over and over and over again. He's going to have to go before the Senate again. That'll be glorious. Hopefully, you know, he's 82. I'm not sure. Uh, he might end up being like one of those guards and, you know, the, the concentration camps is like 100 years old. And they just say, what's the point of prosecuting him? He's, he's going to die soon anyway. Uh, he may never. They may, he may never see justice. We may never see justice prevail in this situation. But it is good. It is great to see him exposed, to see the truth come out. Uh, I think that this whole thing could have probably been wrapped up in about 45 minutes if that Wade guy wasn't on the panel. He takes forever to speak. Wade guy, former New York Times reporter, by the way, but there was an interesting uh, point. One of the Democrat congressmen, Ruiz, I don't even know this guy, he said before the hearing started that he wanted on the record that one of the uh, witnesses was a racist and and wrote a book, racist book, and the guy, Nicholas Wade, uh, he's old and you're right, he wasn't very effective (laughs) and he was scared. Yes. But he, he said, I want to set the record straight. I, he, he, he wrote a book about biology of the races, like under, and he came to the conclusion that there was you know, no difference biologically in black or white or Asian or whatever. But the Democrats went on the record of saying he's racist because he wrote a book about race. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a nice job of defending himself before he testified. But you're right. He was shaky. He's old. And, you know, he's a New York Times reporter. I guess you want him there because uh, you just uh, you want someone from The New York Times on the record admitting that the whole thing was one big scandal. Maybe that was just Mitch McConnell after his fall last night. Mitch McConnell. Yeah, we don't have an update, do we, on Mitch McConnell? He's in the hospital. fell at a hotel. It was probably, I don't know, the Four Seasons or the Ritz. He was probably out for, like most nights, out for a $500 dinner with his fabulously wealthy wife and uh, he fell down and was sent to the hospital 
but, and you know, he's 81 years old. He's decrepit. He's a decrepit old man without a spine. It's tough to keep your feet when you have no spine. Uh, before we move on, let's, let's show for those watching on video, the video, it's a short one, but uh, an update on our, uh, what should we say? Our, our geriatric uh, commander in chief. You want to feel, you want to see someone who is projecting power and strength. Chuck this Schumer. is the president <laughs> of the United States being uh, assisted in walking by Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer's the young viral one in this photo. That is, that could be the most, I don't think he's ever looked weaker. He's not even talking or, or he's not like wandering off into traffic like some days, but he needs Schumer to take his arm just to walk. And they're walking slowly. They both look old, but God, does Biden look fragile right there? That day is coming when the whole country agrees that it just, uh, it ain't working. He is just not, uh, uh, not at his best anymore. He's going to run again, which will be hilarious. I'm not sure it's going to, it's going to work. He can barely get through the day. Kind of sad, but. Biden walks uh, like someone was paid to trip him with sticks all day. He's always on the defensive. It looks like. I guess. I mean, he is afraid of stumbling. We see him walk upstairs. He can't, he can't navigate stairs. Oh, he can sleep on a train for nine hours. As his wife said, that proves (laughs) that he's fit and strong enough to run for re-election because he can sleep on a train for nine hours and get off and walk 50 yards with Zelensky. I mean, how many 30-year-olds could do that? Uh, but anyway, not a good day for the Biden administration yesterday. This, <laughs> this, this video is only one of the things we saw yesterday. We got much, much more to get to. That was devastating. The testimony, and again, thank God, that the GOP took the house so we get to see these important uh, hearings. We got to get to uh, Marine Sniper Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews. Absolutely heartbreaking, devastating testimony about the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan. I've made my list. I've mentioned it before. I've made my list of um, impeachable offenses in the last two years. God knows there's a lot of them. There's about, I think last count I had about 15 or 18. Number one, back at number one, is the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It is unbelievable. It is so scandalous. It is so sickening what we did to these people, including Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews. He testified he lost a leg and an arm in the suicide bombing outside the airport where our Marines, our soldiers had no business being, none, because Biden wanted to, uh, had a, wanted bragging rights for pulling out of Afghanistan. He did it as a PR stunt. He got Marines and soldiers killed and innocent Afghanis, our allies, our supporters. Uh, we got uh, a real raw, honest look at things from the testimony of this Marine sniper who testified they had a chance to take out the suicide bomber. They had their chance. They asked for permission. They didn't get it. He went on to detonate his suicide vest. And I didn't even remember this. Uh, we know that he killed 13 brave soldiers and Marines. And injured 18, I mean, some of them very seriously. 180 Afghan Afghan civilians killed. 180, all of them 
or most of them, supporters of us. Uh, we'll get to some of that testimony, and we will get to uh, the Bidens, Jill Biden and Anthony Blinken uh, honoring a man on Women's Day. And sorry, girls, you just don't have what it takes. You want to honor someone for being, for uh, all they've done, their great, their courage. This is a word for courage. They could only find like four or five women. So they had to go down the list and give an award to a man. And uh, congratulations to him. And we'll tell you about Tiger, <laughs> Tiger's latest entanglement. <laughs> that was my favorite word from Chris Rocks the other night. I don't have any entanglements. Well, Tiger does. Good old Tiger. He's up to his old tricks. And uh, we'll give you the uh, apology from ESPN for uh, Kendrick Perkins' stupid uh, take on the MVP voting. But first, I absolutely love this time of year. The madness is upon us. College basketball is king in March. Time for buzzer-beating shots, Cinderella stories, and rivalries with great histories. Make your March a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit mybookie.website slash Jerry and use promo code Jerry to receive a deposit bonus of up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at big money. If you're the type of person who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at a life-changing amount of money. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. Remember, visit MyBookie online at mybookie.website slash Jerry and use promo code Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. I will laugh at Tiger. Maybe we'll laugh at KP, but we're not going to laugh now. We are got, This is so serious. This is so sad. It is absolutely infuriating. Here's... Here's what I can't get past. Every time we talk about the disastrous withdrawal uh, from Afghanistan, again, we've, we've talked about this, the Marines, the soldiers, the, the, the sailor who got murdered by the suicide bomber, who the 18 people got injured, the civilians who died. It's just, I mean, the, the picture this hero painted yesterday was just devastating in every way. Um, but do you know it's been more than a year and a half? Do you know how many times Joe Biden's been asked and talked about it? Zero. Zero. It is one thing to completely botch this withdrawal. It's a one thing to, I don't know, fire a missile at a family of 10, killing seven children to try to save face. It's another thing to never be held accountable. How is that possible? As I was sitting watching this yesterday, I'm thinking... I mean, there's many reasons to wish we had a Republican president, to wish Biden never got uh, you know, the levers of power. But if we had a Republican president, the media would have been all over this. Oh, yeah. This would have been leading the news. This would have been front page of uh, New York Times, Washington Post. This would have been a scandal, certainly a much bigger scandal than, I don't know, uh, Donald Trump's phone call with Zelensky or Donald Trump telling his supporters to go to the Capitol and protest patriotically and peacefully. Those are the two things that got him impeached. There's nobody, no one who could tell me that this is not much, much worse. Of course it's much worse. Those were nothing. This is a unbelievable scandal and Biden did it. 
so Biden could brag that he got us out of Afghanistan and Biden did it in, in such a, such a careless, reckless way, all, all outlined, all summarized by this brave Marine Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews. There he is testifying. Um, he's the one uh, who said uh, he, as a sniper, his little sniper team could have taken out the suicide bomber. They didn't. Instead, he lost an arm and a leg and a bunch of friends. It was incredible. Uh, this, um, this is more than a year and a half later, and we're finally hearing from him, all because the GOP took the House. Democrats don't want you to hear from this guy. They don't want you to know what actually happened. They don't want you to know that Joe Biden abandoned Bagram Air Force Base, where he and his colleagues, his fellow soldiers and Marines, would have been safe. Instead, they went to the Kabul airport, surrounded by the enemy, surrounded by Taliban supporters and, and terrorists, and many of them paid with their life. This guy paid with his leg and his arm. But uh, let's listen to some of uh, the testimony. And, and I recommend you go look for it all. Listen to everything this guy says. It's, mm. it's just so freaking heartbreaking. And it was all done for political, for appearances, for political appearances. It was done to give Joe Biden a W. It completely backfired on him. But the motive was politics and a bunch of this guy's fellow Marines paid with their life and a bunch of Afghanis did too, by the way, I never heard this talking about them killing themselves just outside the gate. They were committing suicide because they knew if the Americans didn't take them in and save them, the Taliban was going to torture and kill them. They did this in front of our Marines. Did you hear about it? Anyone heard about it? I haven't. I mean, it's all news to me, but man, this guy was incredible yesterday. Let's listen. Tens of thousands of people descended upon Abbey Gate. We were looking for anyone with a blue passport, first and foremost. People were suffering from extreme malnutrition, dehydration, heat casualties, and infants were dying. Afghans were brutalized and tortured by the Taliban, flocked to us pleading for help. Some Afghans turned away from HKIA, tried to kill themselves on the razor wire in front of us that we used as a deterrent. They thought this was merciful compared to the Taliban torture that they faced. Countless Afghans were murdered by the Taliban 155 yards in front of our position day and night. With only shipping containers between us, the Taliban would routinely murder people under our observation at their checkpoint. We communicated the atrocities to our chain of command and intel assets, but nothing came of it. Department of State staff and HKIA would completely shut down processing Afghans every evening and into the morning, leaving ground forces with a nightmare. They did not work in reasonable rotations and very much presented an unwillingness to work in other situations as well. No matter our health or condition, the Marines stood watch and engaged in disorderly and dangerous crowds. State was not prepared to be in HKIA. In fact, state would not want to deal with the Afghans unable to be processed. Weakening the security of the perimeter, state would take us away from our mission to walk Afghans out to meet the fate of the Taliban, condemning them to death. Over the communication network, we passed that there was a potential threat and an IED attack imminent. This was as serious as it could get. Our battalion commander said, and I quote, I don't know, end quote. Myself and my team leader asked very harshly, well, who does? Because this is your responsibility, sir. He again replied, he did not know, but would find out. We received no update and never got our answer. Eventually, the individual disappeared. To this day, we believe he was a suicide bomber. We made everyone on the ground aware. Operations had briefly halted, but then started again. Plain and simple, we were ignored. Then a flash and a massive wave of pressure 
I'm throwing 12 feet onto the ground, but instantly knew what had happened. I opened my eyes to Marines dead or unconscious lying around me. The withdrawal was a catastrophe in my opinion. And there was an inexcusable lack of accountability and negligence. The 11 Marines, one sailor, and one soldier that were murdered that day have not been answered for. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak. That's incredible. They had a shot, Adam. They asked for permission, and the answer was, I don't know. A reminder that Joe Biden put the State Department in charge of this operation, not the military. This was a, these were up to the diplomats. That was their call on whether they took out a suicide bomber who then committed suicide, blew up the whole crowd, and killed 11 Marines, a sailor, and a, uh, and a soldier. This guy has to go through life with one arm and one leg and that memory. And we hadn't heard from him. It had this happened on August 26, 2021. And we've not, we have not heard from Sergeant Taylor Vargas Andrews. Ask yourself that. Why? Why don't we get to hear from him? That's a freaking American hero right there. That's a guy who's given a lot. Uh, I don't remember seeing an award ceremony where, you know, Joe Biden gave him a medal, mentioned his name or any of the names of the dead, of the people. He got killed, the soldiers and Marines, he got killed that day. And he's never had to even apologize for vaporizing a family of 10, seven children to save face a couple of days later. And don't forget, we abandoned thousands of American citizens, over a thousand American citizens, over 2,000 allies when we pulled out of of, uh, Afghanistan, when we left the Kabul airport after getting our guys killed. Oh, and we left the Taliban, you know, the people who were torturing our allies in front of us, killing them in front of us. They got Bagram Air Force Base and all that it entailed. The latest number, which is way under, under $7 billion in advanced U.S. weaponry, planes, helicopters, armored personnel carriers, weapons, rifles. We gave them, uh, we completely outfitted the Taliban army, which wasn't very well equipped, but now they are. Now they are. And they get our Air Force base and they get their country and they go back to the freaking Stone Age and start beating women who try to go to school. That's the end result of Joe Biden's withdrawal from Afghanistan. And it's friggin' heartbreaking and sickening. And uh, it's all in politics, you know, trumps everything. We don't get to hear from Sergeant Vargas Andrews until until uh, the GOP takes the House, until they make the call. Uh, You know, don't want to hear from that guy. What's he ever done? Friggin' disgusting. All right, we'll move on before I lose it. We'll move on. Uh, and again, again, the everyone wanted to withdraw from Afghanistan. I love that response whenever I talk about it. Yeah, you, you want to stay there forever? No, I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave on our terms. I wanted to leave the right way. I didn't want to leave a thousand American citizens behind. I didn't want to leave 13 soldiers and Marines, or should I say 30, 30, 40 soldiers and Marines vulnerable to a suicide bomber outside the gates of the airport in the city. You had Bagram Air Force Base out of the way, out of harm's way. You abandon it and go to the airport where these people were, were, were sitting ducks. And 
the worst, the most maddening thing of all is no one has to explain that. Where was our, where was our secretary of defense? I mean, our, uh, our uh, secretary of state when all this was going on, when this testimony, when this riveting emotional testimony was happening up on Capitol Hill, he was nearby. He was giving out awards because it was international women's day. So Anthony Blinken, our secretary of state, was at this ridiculous ceremony with Dr. Jill. Uh, let me sh- make sure I got all the, the names straight. Uh, they were giving awards for International Women's Day. I understand, you know, you look talking about international, so it's all around the world. They had a woman from Man- Mongolia there. They honored Mongolia. Have you ever heard of anybody from Mongolia? I know it's a big country there next to China, but have you ever heard, has anyone ever come from Mongolia? I always wonder, like, they don't win anything in the Olympics. You know, they don't, they don't ever get any big, they're not any big wars. It's like, what is Mongolia? What do they do every day in Mongolia? Well, this person does, fights for women's rights. So she got honored and that's fine. You know, uh, let me get her. I want to get her name. Oh, her name is General Baller Ganbald of Mongolia, the country's first female general. That's good. They gave an award to a woman from uh, Ethiopia and a woman from Malaysia. And uh, they all took a back seat because they gave an award to a man from Argentina. Uh, This is just amazing to me. You give an award, you find, what, six people, six women out of four billion. Couldn't find enough real women. You had to get a pretend woman. Uh, Her name is Alba Rueda of Argentina. The presenter of the award uh, said Rueda is a transgender woman who's kicked out, who was kicked out of classrooms, barred from sitting in exams and refused job opportunities, subjected to violence and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LBGTQ community in Argentina. She uh, is Argentina's first Special Envoy for Sexual Orientation and Gender Identity in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, International Trade and Worship. Uh, And the first uh, Undersecretary for Diversity Policies in the newly created Ministry of Women, Gender and Diversity. (laughs) So in other words, just a DEI hack. But she is, uh, is trans, so she's special. She is, uh, she got honored among the other women who are really, you know, fighting for women's rights. This person's fighting for men's rights to be women on International Women's Day. And uh, let's watch as he gets an award from Dr. Jill and Blinken. And tell me that he couldn't snap Anthony Blinken in half if he wanted to. In Argentina, Alba Ruada is a transgender woman who was kicked out of classrooms, barred for sitting for exams, refused job opportunities, subjected to violence, and rejected by her family. But in the face of these challenges, she worked to end violence and discrimination against the LGBTQI plus community in Argentina. That's what our Secretary of State was doing. Well, After yeah. women were bar- Brave, Brave Marine was testifying about the withdrawal. He should have been sitting there, forced to stare and listen to every word. Instead, he's giving an award to Alba. Alba, who's, uh, I hate to break it to Alba. 
Maybe he's a nice guy. It ain't working. <laughs> it ain't working. Uh, I, I'm going to guess most people who meet Alba don't think you know, she's a biological woman. But I guess uh, to eight them. No problem. You want to go for it, Alba? Go for it. I'm not sure why you would want to give an award on. So and they're beating women in sports. They're getting advertising campaign deals from Hershey's. You know, they're, they're getting sit-down interviews with the president of the United States. That'd be Dylan Mulvaney, who's gotten a bunch of endorsement deals. They're going to win, you know, the Olympic powerlifting competition because they're getting the green light to compete in women's powerlifting, they're replacing women and somehow women's rights people, you know, feminists are okay with it. I don't know why I let it bother me. They don't mind. If women don't mind, why should I? But it is just absurd that they're giving awards at the white house to uh, this person. But anyway, speaking of absurd, let's get to, uh, let's get to tiger's latest entanglement. We'll do Shade, we'll get to Tiger and KP. And if we have time, we'll introduce you to a very, very important person. Massachusetts now has its own climate czar. And I can feel the air, it's getting a little cooler as we speak. She's changing the temperature of the earth. She's saving the human race because this little dot on the map is just so important when it comes to the climate. God, these people just get sillier every damn day. But first, well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down shade concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. Is not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. I just, when you think Tiger's got it all together, that he's gotten all those scandals behind him, all those crazy women, the waitresses and the, and the escorts and all the, the people who uh, made his life such a mess. It's been a few years since that big scandal, since he was sent to sex addiction rehab, since he lost some endorsements, since he became a punchline in late night comedy a few years and he seemed to come through and he became kind of an elder statesman on tour and it was and an icon and everybody respected him. People were rooting for him. I was rooting for him. He overcame a lot. He persevered. He just became a great example that you can get through anything. Well, he's got a new scandal. It's not quite, you know, the Perkins waitress or any of that other stuff that he went through in the past. But, uh, this is from CBS Sports. Tiger Woods' ex-girlfriend Erica Herman has filed two lawsuits against parties representing the 15-time major champion. Herman is seeking $30 million in damages amid a domestic dispute 
as well as the dissolution of the non-disclosure agreement she signed when their relationship began in 2017. Woods broke up with Herman. She's 38, he's 47, and locked her out of their house last year, uh, which reviewed, uh, according to USA Today, which reviewed court records of the lawsuit. Uh, in, additional fi- in addition to financial damage she's seeking, Herman is accusing agents of Woods Homestead Trust of misappropriating $40,000 of her money. Now, this is classic old school tiger. He took, he took her to the, he, he told her she, he needed to do some things, take care of some things, told her to go on a trip, go on a girl's trip, get, you know, get out of town for a few days. She packed up, he took her to the airport, waiting at the airport was Tiger's lawyer to uh, serve her whatever, whatever it was, a countersuit a complaint. Um, Here's what I think is going on. And I know other people have had this theory. Anything in that story jump out at you that I read uh, Ironhead, anything jump out of the, that's the basics. Um, Besides it being an all time breakup. Yes. Any, (laughs) anything. I know tiger's worth whatever a billion dollars. But his girlfriend, who's living with him, and if you don't remember, she's been around for a while now. She's the little, she's about four feet tall, plain yes. Jane, not not a, you know, particularly stunning looking woman. Looked good for him. They looked like she kept them grounded. They looked like they were, had a good relationship. She was by his side at like, you know, big tennis tournaments, the U.S. Open or whatever. Uh, she was there when uh, he played with Charlie and the father-son thing. Um she had 40,000 cash in the house. Do you think Tiger was aware of that the whole time? Do you think Tiger knew that she was, I don't know, saving up for something? Or do you think that took him by surprise and he realized somehow, some way she was skimming and stashing away cash? Now that's small potato, small change. But do you think she, do you think he was aware of that? Because I'm going to guess if he just found out and said, where'd you get that? That might've been a point of contention and uh, he kicked her out. She's suing. She thinks, you know, that was their house. It's like massive house there in uh, where, where's Jupiter. He'll, he'll never um, get married again for this exact reason. No, he'll, you know, no question. He'll, he knows what he is. He knows what I'm sure he cheated on her and had his fun, but whatever. They had a relationship. They seemed pretty happy. It lasted for six years. Yeah. She was there when he won and, the masters. It's ending as it always does with Tiger. It's ending ugly. And uh, we'll see if they settle. Um, if they don't settle, it's going to get ugly. Uh, Herman's lawyer contends that the DNA, the NDA, she signed non disclosure five years ago, should be declared unenforceable under the Federal Speak Out Act made effective by Congress in 2022. The vote. And, and voted in a law in the wake of the Me Too movement. The act prevents enforcement of NDAs in instances of sexual assault and harassment. Whoa. So they're saying he sexually assaulted or harassed her, and therefore the NDA should be null and void. Yeah, and she didn't want That'll to leave. be interesting watching years. that go forward. But uh, yeah. you know what? Tiger, Tiger can handle it. We've seen him. No one, there's no, men, no one more mentally tough. He'll... He'll play the masters. He's not playing the players, which is too bad. I know. But he'll play the masters and he'll probably make the cut and probably capture everybody's attention. And uh, this thing won't slow him down at all. And, and soon he'll have a new girlfriend. He'll be double dating with, uh, with uh, Brady. Brady will be with Paige Sparanak. 
Tiger will be with, I don't know. Uh, he'll be with Giselle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's interesting. ESPN, here's how you know Kendrick Perkins stepped in it. He thought, Kendrick Perkins thought again, he was doing what ESPN wants him to do. He works at ESPN. ESPN makes everything about race, right? We've gone through this many times. Everything is about race, you know, you name it, whatever it's the Georgia voting laws, you know, Jim Crow 2.0. One guy on ESPN, Kevin Blackystone, wrote a column in the New York uh, Washington Post the other day saying Major League Baseball should pull out of Florida completely. All the spring training camps should move to Arizona because DeSantis, <laughs> because DeSantis, you know, doesn't want black history taught in school or whatever lies they're telling. Don't say gay. That's a typical ESPN guy. Pull everything out of Florida because DeSantis doesn't want teachers talking about sex to kindergarten kids. That's what you get. I mean, he probably got a bonus, probably got a, you know, attaboy from his boss. Kendrick Perkins, that's what he thought he was doing. He thought he was doing what his bosses want. So he said the only reason white guys uh, win the MVP is racism. The voters are racist. That sounds like a typical ESPN take, but it's Obviously, it's wrong. It's stupid. But even ESPN said, whoa, because they have a bunch of guys who vote for MVP and they're not racist. In fact, they're race hustlers. Probably they're all probably, you know, like Kevin Blackstone or Monty Jones or you name it. So ESPN and, and by the way, Kendrick Perkins said most voters are white. I said that yesterday. That's not true. He doesn't know. He's just making that up. And he got called out by J.J. Reddick. Well, ESPN issued an apology, a correction, I should say. They call it an apology or uh, I think a correction, uh, but it was basically an apology. uh, This is from Sports Illustrated. One day after Kendrick Perkins and J.J. Reddick were involved in a tense argument on first take, the show issued a correction after Perkins alleged that MVP voters have a racial bias toward white players, specifically uh, Nick Nicola. Nikola, I don't even know his. Nikola Jokic. Jokic, Nikola Jokic, the Joker. Uh, Molly Kieran read the correction. Do we have that? Yep. Let's listen to Molly. I want to correct something here from yesterday's show. When Kendrick Perkins said 80% of NBA voters for the MVP award are white, the NBA publicly announces the voters each year. And after review, it is clear the panel is much more diverse than what was portrayed by Kendrick Perkins, and we wanted to make sure that we corrected that today. That's it. They corrected. You know, Perkins will survive again. Yes. Yeah. You know, but but boy, he looks like an idiot. JJ you know? Redick will end up getting fired. <laughs> but you know, the NBA writers. I mean, most of them are probably black or women or gay. Or, I mean, that's how it works in the NBA. They're the most woke group of people you'll find in the country. The idea that there's a racist among them, they don't want to vote for a white guy. I mean, they look at it objectively. They see the guy gets a friggin' triple-double every night. They see his record's great, so they vote for him. It's just stupid and absurd. It's good to see uh, Perkins called out for it. All right, before we go, congratulations, Massachusetts. Uh, You now have a full-time climate czar in this little state. Six million people on a planet of eight billion. Our climate czar is going to make climate change better. He's going to make the weather better for for all of us. That's good to know. 
on her first full, this from the Washington Post, believe it or not, in the first full day of her administration, Massachusetts Governor Maury Healy signed an executive order creating the first ever climate chief and appointing Melissa Hoffer, her friend. Boy, does she look the part or what? Hoffer, who previously worked for Healy, when Healy was the attorney general, is responsible for ensuring that climate change considerations are incorporated into all relevant decision-making at every state agency. God, is this insane. Every state agency is going to be forced to bow before the climate change cultists and, and hamstring businesses and regulate businesses worse than they've already regulated to change the climate. God, these are such silly, unserious people. But there she is. We'll get her salary. I'll work on that. It's probably, I'm going to guess, 175 grand. At least. To change the climate, this little tiny state in one little tiny spot in the country, in the, in the world, is going to change the climate by forcing construction companies and pavers and unit to not use fossil fuels. Utter it madness, but that's the world we live in. All right, that'll do it for today. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. Maybe, maybe the if the New York Jets make a deal for Aaron Rodgers, we'll get our guy Montanti on tomorrow. Big Jets fan, loser Jets fan. That'd be great. That'd be wild. I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers in New York, in the division, uh, playing for the Jets, in a Jets uniform. That, you know what? Someone said it years ago. It's so true. The top two sports in the United States, number one is the NFL. Number two is the NFL offseason. Yeah. The NFL offseason is more interesting than NBA, NHL, certainly than baseball, which is essentially dead. It is such a fascinating thing to watch. One of the greatest players ever may end up finishing his career in New York playing for the Jets. I'm rooting for it, but uh, we shall see. All right, I'm Jerry Callahan. This is The Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.